When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Welcome to my show, Money Making Conversations Masterclass. I am your host, Rashawn McDonald. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For you, it may be the size of your paycheck. Mine is inspiring people to develop a plan to reach their dreams. It's time to stop reaching and reaching or reading other people's success stories and start writing your own. You can only exceed expectations by believing in yourself. People always talk about their purpose or gifts. If you have a gift, leave with your gifts and don't let your friends, family, or coworkers stop you from planning or living your dreams. My guest is Jim Vanderheide. He is the co-founder, CEO, and chairman of Axios, a media company that helps readers and viewers like me get smarter, faster across the consequential topics reshaping our country and lives. As CEO, Vanderheide has steered Axios into becoming one of the most celebrated digital media success stories in the past decade. He is on the show discussing his new book, Smart Brevity, The Power of Saying More with Less. Please welcome the Money Making Conversation Masterclass, Jim Vanderheide. Uh, thank you for having me. What yeah, a treat. I, uh, I love the philosophy of your show. So I'm eager to dig in. I appreciate it. Uh, as I stumbled through it, I guess I was trying to use less words to get to the, the, the heart of the matter. And the heart of the matter is this interview. Um, you know, I, I, I grew up in the era of shorthand, you know, with a language that people don't use anymore. That these little cursive yep. words that make words shorter and you get through the process. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of secretaries would use it if you want to take notes and shorthand. And then I, then I came through the whole process of, Watching people through texting, they started shortening things even more so. And sometimes, you know, LOL is laugh out loud and things like that. And then I come across this book called Smart Brevity, which is more about communication at all different levels. How did this whole idea come about, Jim? Yeah, I mean, so it came about because Smart Brevity is kind of the core philosophy of the media company Axios that we started. Yes, sir. And what we were trying to solve for was 
you, me, your listeners, anybody who's trying to get ahead and kind of you know be successful at life, we just need to know a lot more across more topics than ever before. You have to kind of understand technology and media and politics and business. And that's a lot. There's a lot to ask for busy people. And so we came up with this concept of smart brevity, which is really high quality, trusted content but delivered as efficiently as possible. Mm -hmm. So much of what you and I were taught uh, coming up in journalism and coming up as communicators was not necessarily to be efficient. It was to fill time or to fill news holes. And our idea was, well, people don't have time for that anymore. The smartphone and people checking it 250 times a day makes it really impossible for that. And so writing the book was kind of uh, an expression of, I learned a lot from starting our company. I feel blessed. We've done well. Mm -hmm. And I want to share with other people the things that have been really helpful to me in terms of how can you be a much better communicator? Right. Well, you know, the thing about communication, when I look at my world, you know, I, I, before I started my company, uh, this platform, Money Making Conversation Masterclass, I managed Steve Harvey from 2000 to 2016. So just reshaping his brand and getting an idea. And then all of a sudden, when I stopped managing him in 2016, I didn't know who I was. So it was this whole world of branding and communication. So I had all these credits. I had all this information about me, but it was massive. And so the whole term of brevity, I had to learn it on the fly because that's what brevity is about, being able to tell your story, if I'm wrong, in a short form, but really still deliver information that people want to hear. Correct? For sure. For sure. And and, and it's harder, as you know, to be brief than it is to be long-winded. Right. Mm -hmm. And it really takes, we have this slogan here of uh, taped up on the wall that brevity is confidence, length is fear. Right. Like to really sharpen your thinking and be succinct and be clear about who you are and what you want to express. It's not easy. You need to be thoughtful about it. Yeah. I, I always tell people, I, I believe it was 2007 in that timeline when uh, when uh, Hillary Clinton at the time announced her presidency, I believe, on the iPhone. And I said, I always go back to that point where it changed the way we do bit our whole world. Because and I, when we look at it now, it feels like the iPhone has been around 30, 40 years. And it really hasn't been around that long, but it has changed that dynamic of how we communicate from a, from a visual standpoint, from an audio standpoint, mm-hmm. from a texting standpoint. Is that, if you look at life, you know, because, you know, we started with fire, you know, then we, started, then we flew, and then now we have the iPhone. When you look at it, it may be a question too big to ask, answer, but is that probably the, the one form of technology or uh, science has really just leaped forward so fast in our life? Well, certainly in communications, it's the biggest thing since the printing press. Like once you could put down the written word and distribute it mass scale, it, it radically changed the world. Well, now with the iPhone and you have a good memory, it was 2007 when, when the iPhone came out. Like now suddenly all of us have infinite access, often at a relatively low price to as much information as one could possibly fathom. And I don't think we're as a species we're made for this. I think yeah. we're getting hit with too much information too fast. I think people don't know what to trust. I think people have this ability to express themselves often in unhealthy ways on all these social platforms and find somebody out there who will applaud us or like us or friend us, uh, even if we're uh, saying or doing things we probably shouldn't do. I think that explains a lot of why politics has kind of gone off the rails. And But what it's also done is it's made it really hard to communicate. It's made it really hard to sort of win this war for attention. Like right. when I'm talking to you, I'm not just competing uh, against like error or, or you may be like getting distracted by, by a bird. I'm con- like your phone might beep. You might get a Tinder update. You might yes. get a, a, 
a text update. You might have people calling, emailing, slap, you know, slacking you. Like there's just a thousand things. Right. And that's new. And nobody sat down and actually taught people to rethink how you communicate in this era of chaos. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting. I, 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 thank you for coming. I'm talking to Jim Vandehei. He's the co-founder, CEO, chairman of Axios. But more importantly, <laughs> he's on my show to discuss uh, one of the writers of the book, Smart Brevity, The Power of Saying More with Less. He's one of the co-creators of Axios and as well as Politico. Um, you have been a guy who's been be- behind putting, you're a wordsmith, I, I would say, a wordsmith, because people take your words and they articulate them and they read them. And, uh, and there's a skill like my my skill is I, my degree is in mathematics so you throw a number at me i can yep. throw it back to you just as fast and that's yep. by communication and so i know in my life i grew up i was born under rotary dial telephones so i i know the <laughs> how long it took oh, you to dial me too you, you know, yep. so you know exactly just watching that and i remember in 1990 i went to a, like a little science fair they was talking about the video telephone and it, it you know you one day will be able to it was 1990, or 1970s, excuse me. They were talking about video telephones. And I went, wow. And I saw how long it took to get the video telephones were like 2007, really. And so when you look at all these transitioning, it's about communication because at one time you used to be able to say, Jim, you used to be able to leave the house and nobody could reach you. And then yep. when you got back, then communication started again. And I think that's the part of life that we are. Are we being beat up too much with too much information? And that is why what you're talking about is so necessary when we were communicating to people on a daily basis? Yeah, I think beat up is a good term for it. I think we are being crushed by information. We're, we're, we're ingesting too much of it. Uh, and certainly if it's long and it's not worthy of our time, it's a, it's a waste of, of, of our mind share. Mm-hmm. And it's a real problem. I just like, like you said, I mean, think about this program. Like you and I are doing it on Zoom. Yes, You're sir. in a different city. I'm in a different city. Somebody could be listening to this in their car. Somebody could be watching this in their car. Somebody mm-hmm. could be in the woods and happen to have nice satellite connectivity and be able to watch it as crisply and hear it as clearly as you and I. And that's just a different world. And the, the, the big thing about the book is you, you have to take the world as it is, not the way the world the world you wish it were to be. And, and the way it is, is that people are distracted. People have very little time. And if you're not respectful of their time and respectful of their intelligence, they're not going to read or hear what you're trying to say. And that is a waste of time, a waste of energy. And if you don't retool your skill set to make sure that you're able to communicate, particularly at work or school or in areas where you're trying to get ahead, you're not going to get ahead. Uh, like communicate, you think about the workplace, think about your job, like obviously because of the nature of what you do, your entire job is communicating, but almost every person's job is communicating, communicating right. up, communicating down, communicating sideways, communicating to customers, ingesting information as a form of communication. And yet nobody's sitting people down and saying, huh, maybe you should do it differently than they did in, you know, than, than they would have done in 2005 when there wasn't a smartphone, when there wasn't Facebook, when Google was a baby, when most of the websites you visit didn't exist and most of the apps you use uh, weren't even thought of. It's, just, it's, a, it's a wildly, wildly different world. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rushan McDonald. Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. I think the the COVID era, when the, when the country was shut down in March, I, I remember I was doing some contract work when I first heard the, the word Zoom. 
video conferencing. And I, because I was doing a lot of contract work, I was based in Atlanta and had a lot of meetings in D.C. And it was GoToMeet was another video conferencing device that was out there. And it was a, actually it was ahead of Zoom at the time. I, I was doing the GoToMeetings all the time. And so, but, but when the country got shut down, that's when it kind of changed the culture of how we communicated. In other words, it changed the rules. You know, you didn't have to look a certain way. You can be anywhere, and whether it's socially or appearing on talk shows, whatever. There were, there, we loosened our standards or respect for ways we could communicate, which means that people could inundate you at any time. And I think that's why your book is so important because with the world turning becoming standardless, that means that we have to talk better or less. Is that is that correct? I think it is correct. And another dynamic that happened because of COVID is that, you know, I could be at home doing this. I happen to be in the office, but a lot of people are working from home. People right. are scattered about. And when people aren't working together face-to-face, it makes communications, especially written communications, right. that much more important. You need to be, you need to connect people so everyone is aligned and knows what they're supposed to do. And you need to do it in a way that leads to greater productivity. And you need to somehow create an environment of creativity mm-hmm. if there's not even physical presence. And I mean, I, this, I think we're going to look back 20, 25 years from now and like COVID obviously affected politics, affected health, but it radically changed the workplace more than probably anything has changed the workplace in the last 20, 30 or 40 years. Like suddenly you had to work from home and you had to rethink communications. I mean, to be honest, as a business proposition, smart brevity became exponentially more valuable because of that dynamic, because people were struggling to figure out how do I communicate right. with people. And good communications, is it's magical because it gets people to hear what they're supposed to hear and do what you want them to do. Bad communications can be a real, it can be a real killer for a company, a real killer for a relationship. Well, it is really interesting. Uh, right before I, I scheduled this interview, I started talking to my staff. You know, so I always, I always feel good when I'm kind of like, uh, kind of like with the curve. I feel you're, you're one of the curves, which means you're, you're talking dynamics that we need to start looking at or start living. Yep. And, uh, you know, as a, as a company, as my company, which is 3815 Media, you know, we have a capabilities one sheet that we have to do. That deck used to be like 48 pages. Now it's reduced yep. to one sheet. And then I had my Rashawn McDonald EPK, electronic press kit. It used to be about 30 pages. And I told my staff, reduce it to one sheet. I want, they go, how are we going to put all that on that? I said, make it work. I said, because people do, well, they, they don't want to fan through 30 pages to find out about Rashawn McDonald or what he's working on. So that's why when, when, this, when your book came across my deck, I, this, I laughed. I said, this is absolutely right. I said, I know that you can't talk in expansive terms with anybody in it anymore. And as, as, you, as you started dropping these dimes on, of information on everybody, who received it the most and who resisted it? AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, 
Take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash TheShot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Yeah. You know, the, I, the resistance tends to come from journalists, like journalists and people who are paid to like spread a lot of words and be <laughs> a little long winded. They don't, they don't love it. Like where you see it, where it's been fun to watch. Like I've seen it really take off with students and teachers, certainly in businesses, probably where it's been most effective. I was just uh, on Facebook with somebody who randomly reached out to me who's a preacher in New York and was like, ah, I really want to figure out how to make my preaching more efficient. Mm-hmm. And I pointed out to her that, um, that the Pope, while we were writing the book, uh, it did a speech in Croatia where he talked to Catholic priests and said, you've got to cut your homilies down from 40 minutes to 10 minutes. And he said that the nuns were the ones who applauded the longest because he said, quote unquote, they're the ones who are subject to our uh, our uh, to our verbal torture. Right, <laughs> so, right, like, right. The Pope saying you got to be more brief. <laughs> and the truth is like your exercise of your 40 pages down to one, the truth is you can do it. People think you can't. There's nothing shallow about being short. It's actually really confident and helpful and clarifying. I bet your one-sheeter is a hell of a lot better than your 40-sheeter was because it forced you to think about what are the things that are really, really important? What do people really have to know? And when you do that, the audience realizes it. And they, they know you're being respectful of their time and their intelligence, and they reward you for it. Hey, Jim, uh, I will absolutely tell you I prefer my one-sheet over my expansive deck. And you're absolutely correct that uh, I, I was just telling the story that some of the information is not has no value today. It's something that I've done in the 90s and the early 2000s. It's about what I'm doing now. And I think that's what, when I when I read through your book, one of my favorite chapters is the, uh, the meeting chapters, you know, when you, when you gather your staff and you're talking, because that's where I had to learn. And I took some notes from your chapter because sometimes you get on these Zoom calls or these staff calls and you feel a need to talk. You feel a need to overemphasize what you're trying to get out of your staff. And that's what it communications really can bore a person 
who's working for you or motivate them, correct? Yes. I mean, think about like most meetings tend to be very meandering. And then people when they speak. <laughs> I hope I wasn't meandering, very, Jim. I wasn't meandering. I wasn't meandering. <laughs> you're not, you, you're succinct and clear in command for sure. But most people other than you are uh, meandering. And if you think about a meeting, the whole purpose of a meeting is we're meeting for a reason. What is the one thing we need to accomplish here? Let's talk only about that thing. And then at the end of the meeting, what are the specific takeaways that we can share with everyone who needs to know and think right. about that could be done in 20 minutes and it could be a, a, a hugely effective meeting. But if you go, if you're adrift, if you don't know what the focus of it is, if you don't know what the specific takeaways are, if you're not clear and concise in the language that you're using, you just had a nice conversation that's going to be forgotten by everybody and you wasted that time. And so I do, I think this works in PowerPoint. I think it works in meetings. I think it, it definitely works in speeches and yes. sermons. Like anywhere, it's about being respectful to the audience and really being sharp about what are the one, two or three things you really, really need them to know and that they really, really need to know. And then you can find yourself uh, having the type of success you want when you communicate. Yeah. Uh, first of all, smart brevity is for anyone who communicates. Hear me clear on that. If you're talking to somebody, whether it's a colleague, a friend or a spouse, you have to be able to... Not overtalk, you know. I've I've come from the Baptist community, so so when you talk about church, you know, I I am born of the hour and a half <laughs> church service, you know. The, the, we, we come to Jesus, two or three uh, call to the altars and get out of here, you know. So and so I, I so I, I would love to see this incorporated in the Baptist church world, brevity from the pulpit. But the most important thing that I, I took away in reading your book and also watching you is that, you know, there's a concern for communication because I got I got the gut feeling that you're feeling that people really have, that's a lost art. That's a lost art from a standpoint of what's the limit and what you're trying to say. But then there's so many ways that people are being inundated with information that we really have no window of focus. And that focus really is the key to solid communication, correct? Absolutely. Like foggy writing, foggy talking is a reflection of foggy thinking. Yes, so if you're talking and writing sharply, it means you took the time to really sharpen your own thought. Right. And that's that's a benefit to you. Like I, I do this all the time. I really try to distill my thinking about different topics. I write it down. I try to distill that into as few words as possible, mainly so I can remember it better. And if I have to articulate it, articulate it sharply and hopefully memorably so people you know sort of respond the way I would hope that they respond and like I'm in the media and I run a company so I'm paid to communicate let's right. be honest as are you mm -hmm. but these tricks that we learn the the, the 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 science behind it it's applicable to anybody and all of us want to be heard we really desperately want to be heard we'll be right back with more money making conversations masterclass with Rushan McDonald now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. I want to bring, as we close this meeting, I want to make sure I, I run across, I, I try to break everything down easy to my audience, not saying they're a dumb audience, but I know that, again, brevity is important. So when they take yep. away, they can walk away. It was five tips I heard you do. And I like to bring up those five tips that I heard you do. And, uh, and then you give me a short synopsis of the importance of how we yep. can use them. Please First do. one of the number one was stop being selfish. Yep. Stop being selfish. Start, stop writing for yourself. Stop communicating for yourself and think about what does the other person need to hear and read. That instantly changes your perspective and makes you a better communicator. And that's basically what I did when I reduced my Rashawn McDonald EPK from 40 pages to a single sheet. Now I feel confident that when somebody gets it, they won't just 
trash it or they won't get past the colorful opening page. They have the one sheet and the information's there. Yep. And that's to stop being selfish. The 40 was for you, the one is for them. Yes, sir. That's, that's the lesson there. Absolutely. Uh, grab me. Reasons you are writing. Yep. Whether it is a, uh, a subject line in an email, a headline on a story, a text you're sending to somebody, you're at war with other people for their attention. So be provocative, be interesting, be succinct. Give them a headline. Say, hey, this is why you're going to read this. Be very clear. So if you grab that person, then you get them to the next sentence. That next sentence should be something really interesting, something illuminating, something they should need to know. Well, if it is, you'll keep them reading deeper. And so you have to think that methodically about the cadence of your communications. Absolutely. So in other words, if, if, if one is, is there a simple technique that one should take away if they're trying to start standard production meetings or standard staff meeting? Is there any attention grabber technique they can use or some old things that they should stop using? I think a, a very successful device for both a speech or for a meeting is to say, very specifically, the one thing we want to accomplish today is, wow. or the one reason we're meeting here today is, or the one thing I want you to remember is. I would use that phrase and then just fill it in. And then at the end, reiterate it. So now the person has heard the most important thing, delivered succinctly twice. They heard it at the beginning and the end. Common sense would tell you they have an exponentially higher chance of retaining what you just said, as opposed to not stating it, being unclear, hiding it behind other sentences or other paragraphs. You know, it's so funny, Jim. I was uh, a lot of times people call me now. They'll say stuff like, "I have two things I want to talk to you about. I have three things I want to." And I've been hearing that probably this year a lot because people know I don't like talking on the phone a lot. So, right. and they, they, they they've always said, "Rishon, you know, I was still talking when you hung up." I said, "You were." <laughs> so now they'll say, "Hey, I got two things I want to talk to you about before we wrap up this call." So I agree that technique. Works works. Uh, the uh, number sure. three is keep it simple. Keep it simple. Like don't you, you know, you, like your sentences, your paragraphs should be short, should be direct. You don't need to use fancy words. You don't need to use words you learned at college and ones that you'd show off that you could maybe get in a crossword puzzle. Just, just keep it simple. Be yourself, be direct. Well, this one I really love was like, write like a human, because I always tell my friend, okay, look, I, I don't understand what you're saying. If you could just break it, break it back down to me. Then guess what? This conversation go a lot better. What exactly your version is right like a human? That I don't know what it is about our species that the minute that we have to write or communicate something, we suddenly button up our collar, add an additional layer of starch, and we start to talk like the most annoying, insufferable person you've ever met. We start to use fancy words and talk in a deeper voice and use acronyms as opposed to, no, talk to me like you talk to me over a beer at a bar. That's how you should communicate. People want authenticity. They're turned off by your arrogance or your weirdness if you're using these fancy $11 words. Wow. And my last one is number five. Just stop. Oh, and that should be our gospel. Just stop. <laughs> like, you can stop writing. Like, If you've made your point, stop. You don't have to make it again. It's your example about, right? Like, oh, I say something really good and then I, people seem to like it so much I say it again. Like, no, just stop. Just stop. Uh, beautiful. This is five tips for effective or uh, efficient communication. I'm talking to Jim Van Der His book, I really, really recommend, Smart Brevity, The Power of Saying More with Less. Uh, again, thank you for taking the time to come on Money Making Conversation Masterclass because in, in, I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs. I talk to a lot of people who are dreamers. But more importantly, if they don't know how to communicate, I have two things I always tell people. I call it two C's, communication and mm -hmm. consistency. If you can't communicate, then you'll never get to consistency. 
consistency. Once you get consistency, you got to tell people what you were doing was actually going to work when you communicated with them. So I believe in what you're doing in this book, and I want to be one of the people who continue to promote the gospel of smart brevity. I love it. I appreciate it. And I love your focus on like the dreamer aspect. Like I, I always say like I live the American dream. Like I was, if you met me in college, you'd say I'm the last person you ever met that was going to start a couple of media companies. Right. I had a 1.49, one grade point average at right. a college I could barely get into and was <laughs> able to be successful. And, and anybody can do it. And I think this is a hopefully one building block in your in your career. Well, Jim, I, I said I got a math degree, but it took seven years. So you and I have a lot of DNA in, quality, DNA in common. So I thank you again for coming uh, for on sure, Money Masterclass. Again, definitely will heavily promote this book. Not only just a good book, but it's also a, a game changer on how we talk. And also, I think can also relieve people on how they can tell people how they want them to talk to them, because that's important. It has to be a two-way street. You know, you have to tell people what you're willing to accept. That way they can communicate with you a lot better. Again, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. Appreciate it very much. Have a good day. We talk soon. Bye-bye.